Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Well, hey, everyone, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Ridge Community Church Podcast. If you find today's conversation hopeful and helpful, then give this podcast a follow or subscribe and then rate and review it so that more people can find these conversations. Today, we have a conversation for you with Peter and Colleen Crocker. They've been married for 46 years and they have so much wisdom to share. I know that I have personally benefited from pretty much all of my conversations with them over the years and I really think that you will too. In our conversation today, they're going to share what they would tell the newlywed versions of themselves, some skills that help that can help your marriage that they've had to work on, and how to help resolve conflict. Here's my conversation with Peter and Colleen. Well, hi, Peter and Colleen. Thanks for coming out on the podcast. You're welcome. Good to, good to hear you. Good to see you. It's been yeah. a while. <laughs> how are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're, uh, I don't know, it seems like we're busy, even though, uh, you know, Kalina's retired and I've been retired a couple of times. And, uh, you know, we've got kids, uh, we've got a child, uh, an adult child and his wife and his kids. <laughs> well, we're busy with that. I'm still uh, at school, working at school. And uh, I don't know, we're pretty busy, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I was wondering, you know, you guys have been, uh, have been married for a while, right? Like how long have you guys been married? Well, we argue about this all the time. Uh, okay. I got to hear both sides then. All right, Colleen, how long uh, have you guys been married? Uh, this is an actual argument. <laughs> we're coming up on 46 years. That is impressive. And how did you two, what was your, what was your first date? Our first date? Well, we, we met when we were in ninth grade. Back then it was junior high school. And um, we met and then we, our first date was, uh, we were 14 years old. It was in 1970. And uh, we went to a, we went to a football game together. And that did was home- our, that was our first date. <laughs> did the home team win? Well, we, there was no home team because we were in ninth grade, which was a junior high, Frank Lloyd Wright junior high. And Colleen was going to be heading to Hale and I was going to West Dallas Hale. And I was going to be heading to West Dallas central. And um, I think it was a Hale central game, wasn't it? In which case there was, (laughs) in which case there really was no, you know, no home home team. I got you. I got you. Okay. So you're t- so you guys have been, were you guys together? Have you guys been together since you were 14? Or was there like a, a, a span where your, you know, calling was like, no, I'm not into this Peter guy anymore? No, it, it was, I mean, it was high school relationship, but those are always on and off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been really um, 50, it'll be 52 years in May that we've been either dating or, or married. Wow. Yeah. That, that, so uh, I have been married for like a year and a half. And so <laughs> I'm ready just to absorb the wisdom <laughs> that coming from there because so, so many things to learn. So, so maybe I'll start off with this. If you could tell newlywed version of yourselves one thing, what would you say? Well, um, I, I think I would say that Number one, don't expect this to be a, 
um, a nonstop love affair. You know, I think uh, I would I would say that um, it's very seasonal. You know, you have periods where you're, I guess, in the summer of your relationship, and everything is you know is is good and and the way it it always should be. And then you know, and then fall comes and things cool off. And there's times where um, you're, you're falling back on your commitment and, and the promises that you made each other and, uh, and you just make it through those times until, uh, that summer returns. And so I, I guess I would say that, you know, don't have false, uh, ideas on, you know, how this is going to play out. You're in it for the long run. And that includes a lot of up and down times and don't, uh, don't quit. Mm. Mm-hmm. that's really good how about you Colleen oh man I mean every we were so young and dumb when we got married it's <laughs> funny and you go into those relationships with really not a whole lot of skills and um, that whole concept of happily ever after like in a Disney movie is just so unrealistic um and, and as you mature, you really realize that it's not a commitment, it's a covenant. Because commitments, you, when you make a commitment to someone, you really are protecting yourself. You know, it's kind of a, a self, self-serving commitment. But in a covenant, your focus is really the other person. And for a 20-year-old to understand that, that's really stretching the boundaries. Yeah, you know, and one thing I would add to, you know, Colleen said you you come in pretty green into, you know, especially when you're young, like we were. Uh, and I remember a time uh, early in our marriage, um, and she looked at me, and she goes, you really don't bring a lot to the table. <laughs> that was good communication. You know, I needed yeah. to hear that. Like I didn't <laughs> And, uh, but, uh, you know, that was true. So, but I love what you said about the covenant. I, uh, you know, I mean, that's gives a more holy ring to it and a, and a more true ring. I think. You mentioned some of the skills that you just didn't naturally have. Can you, can you think of some of those examples? Yeah. You know, I, I can, um, you know, I'm from a, I'm a, well, you know, we got married in 1976. And, and so, you know, most people's parents were where we were just blue collar parents, you know, and the dads worked hard and that was their job. And moms were housekeepers and kid raisers. And that was their job. And um, my dad was a silent man. And uh, uh, we, <laughs> so I came from a silent family and uh, communication for me was super difficult. Um and, uh, you know, I think Colleen would attest to that. And uh, in terms of a conversationalist or being a good listener, even, you know, or whatever, I, my communication skills were pretty, pretty, if not raw, they were non-existent. And um, that that became problematic over over our marriage. And, um, you know, and so that's walking in without one of the most critical skills that you, you could possibly have. You know, we, I think our commitment um, covered up a lot of uh, issues and, um, and that being one of them. So, uh, you know, for, for example, if we had an, an argument, um, 
for me, that was a personal attack or a personal affront. I had no clue that, you know, people argue and then they work through it and then they get over it. You know, I, I thought it was the end. I thought, you know, it was questioning my worth or, um, you know, questioning the validity of our marriage. And uh, that's pretty serious stuff, I think, you know, because, yeah, yeah and, and I think, you know, and Colleen, of course, came from a, a family, an Irish family, you know, then where they, they could battle and they could, they could, you know, talk and they could yell and, and they all knew that they still loved each other. I have no clue that, you know, you could have, you know, uh, a disagreement and, and hear hard words and, um, and, and that, that, that would devastate me. Was that challenging, Colleen, to have as you're interacting with Peter and you both are having, I'm imagining like in this argument, completely different perspectives on the argument itself. How is that like? Well, I'd have to honestly say there was no argument. Mm, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it would be the silent treatment. Mm. And so, you know, Peter referenced my family, regardless of how you communicate, whether it's a heated emotional communication or a discussion um, or level-headed, it happened and there was resolution. But with him, there was no communication. It was the evil stare and silence and that was it. Well, yeah, you know, I, 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 I have clear memories of Let's say, let's say if I came home really late at night as a kid, as a high school kid, and maybe, you know, maybe after a, a night of carousing or whatever, and my dad would be sitting in the living room, you know, with his cigarette and his eyes glowing, you know, those three points of light. <laughs> yeah. And I just kept walking through and, you know, and it was never confrontive. It was always, you know, you could see the anger, you could feel the anger, but there was no, you know, the next day come over here, you and I have to have a discussion about something, you know, there was never that. And so um, it was always like, okay, I know that if we can make it through this, you know, couple of hour period, dad's never going to say anything, you know, and so it was, it was, you know, that becomes your MO, which is, you know, well, we'll let some time pass here, and then we won't have to communicate on it or discuss it. So I mean, that was, I could feel that, you know, when I got into a marriage, I could feel that that was wrong, but I just, I just didn't know how to, you know, break out of that. I didn't have the skills or the confidence to do that. So what was the turning point? Was it a conversation where you guys had to talk through that whole dynamic or what was, there was like a light bulb moment? What did that look like? No, I, I personally, you know, clean may have a different answer to this. Um, but um, my personal thing was never a light bulb moment. It was, it was over the course of time learning from Colleen and then learning from my experiences as a, as a teacher and uh, finally as a parent where it's been a slow growth process, really. Um, I can't say that I'm even as a 65-year-old adult male who's had a lot of life experiences uh, that I'm a good communicator that way. Uh, it's still a struggle for me. You know, I have to pray through that and... Uh, you know, and one of the things that I would say is uh, it's it's been uh, it's been my faith and and knowing that Colleen's faith that we've grown in Christ, and knowing that she's praying about the same issues that I'm praying, and that has helped me to have the courage to become a little bit more verbal and a little bit more um, confident that oh, we're going to make it through this, you know. Um, but that's, that's a, that's a big deal. I, I see, you know, I see the confidence of knowing that, you know, Colleen is 
also praying about these things that helps me to become a better communicator. But it's been a slow growth process. Is that a, trying to think of the right words, is that a knowledge of you guys are both on the same team type of mindset? Is that a knowledge of you knew that both of you were taking the thing seriously? You knew that there was this higher authority, there was Jesus was was supporting your relationship? Was it one of those types of things? I personally feel like once he made a commitment to really pursue God and Jesus, it really changed the way he saw life and saw his role as a, as a spouse, um, as a dad, as a grandparent. Um, he saw it more through those lenses rather than just his upbringing. So it was almost as if, if I'm understanding right, it was almost as if you like, I mean, when you follow Jesus, your whole life changes, right? But um, right. your whole perspective about who you were changed, is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, you know, and, and I think also, you know, I mean, making a commitment to follow Jesus is one thing. And then, and then learning uh, about the, the, the role and the activity of the Holy Spirit is, is the major thing, which is, you know, I, I have an understanding that the Holy Spirit is working on Colleen and I have an understanding that the Holy Spirit is, is working on me. And it's, it's like, wow, that's, that's overwhelming. It's like, I need to go with that. I need to go where the, the spirit wants us to be and where the spirit is leading us to be. So, um, you know, we're, we're a unique couple, I think, in that, um, you know, I, uh, I come from no skills, and Colleen comes from, you know, is very adamant about doing things the correct way. And I'm pretty much like I can flow and, and, you know, do things the wrong way, but still, you know, get things done. And, and so, I mean, that's been, you know, two different people, two different extremes working together. Um, and I think our kids land somewhere in between there, but, <laughs> you know, that, that has been a challenge in itself because we're so, we're, we're polar opposites in many ways, but, you know, I think our, our spirituality, our, our belief in Christ and our love for him um, has kind of allowed those two things to coexist and work together. Now I'm going to say he makes it sound like, a, you know, this is just all his inability to communicate, <laughs> but then to compensate for that, I would just keep pushing because I knew from, you know, my upbringing, you have to solve that stuff and putting it under the carpet or packing it away was just going to surface later. And so I would push and push and push and that would make things worse. And as he started to own more of the conversation, it allowed me to not be as harsh, not be as aggressive, um, and then, you know, as you really understand a marriage through biblical principles, you understand how violating that is and what your, your role is. Mm -hmm. And not that you do it right every time, but you're approaching it with a different understanding and a different approach. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I don't think we're the same people that we, uh, when we got married, you know, 40, 45, almost 46 years ago, um, 
Colleen, who I once would have characterized as rigid and unyielding, uh, is no longer that way. You know, she's um, she's softer and uh, and and willing not, you know, oftentimes willing not to hammer the the point home. And uh, and I'm and uh, and I'm looking constantly to for guidance, uh, you know, through the Holy Spirit and 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 uh, to to be able to see that part of her. So I, I think we're both seeing each other's uh, strengths, you know, and, and, and both have changed an awful lot, you know, over the course of time. I guess if you don't change in, you know, 52 years, there's, there's a little bit of it. <laughs> You're probably not changeable, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, and all, all it takes is one, you know, I don't want to say light bulb moment, but um, a decision to really work on it and allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, as you guys so eloquently said. I'm curious, maybe you guys could speak to maybe each individual. So like Colleen, would you have any advice for someone that um, maybe is when, when for, for marriages right now that are having arguments and things like that, if someone is more on your side where there's like the more tendency to push and want to resolve immediately, would you have any advice for them? Well, the pushing isn't going to solve it, you know, I mean, it hasn't. I mean, it took years for Peter to try to be open to conversation. You know, there's, you forget that you bring your upbringing baggage, good and bad into that relationship and you can't undo um, all that baggage through one conversation, no matter how much you push. So you, you have to be a little gentler and you have to try to see, even though it's just ripping your heart out at times, that person's through God's eyes. Hmm. That's really good. Um, and then, you know, the whole thing about praying for them, you know, it's eventually it's hard to be upset someone you're praying for. Mm -hmm. But the issue is, is that women react emotionally, you know? And so for you to be able to, you know, kind of tame those emotions and be more level-headed in those conversations, you know, you, it's, it's easier to do it with friends and kids, but with your spouse, man, they just know the right, and you know the right buttons. <laughs> yeah. You know, there becomes that emotional encounter, and those are never, never a way to solve anything. How do you get out of, like, if you're in an emotional encounter, how do you, or what, is, what has been your guys' experience of how do you resolve that and kind of move past those moments? Because I'm sure some of those heated conversations um, happen, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I just think that it, when your heart is filled with love and peace of Christ, you know, I was just reading about that this morning, that, you know, peace in all aspects of your relationship happens when there's trauma or hardship and you're still smiling, hmm. you know, and I, I, I don't know, that sounds like a simple answer, but it, it's a commitment to really pursue 
you know, a prayerful biblical start to your day. Hmm. I love that. Any thoughts on that, Peter? Well, I mean, it's it's difficult if you're waiting till you're in the middle of the, you know, uh, uh, a confrontation to to conduct yourself well. It's easy for me to back out or to shut down and that sort of thing. I think it's I think it's um, being more intentional than that about you know, like Clean said, praying for for your spouse uh, during the day, uh, anticipating. Okay, I'm going home now. Okay, I'm going home to the woman that I love, you know, and she sees life differently than I do. And I need to, you know, guard my guard my mouth, you know, um, and, and guard my thoughts and um, and and to pray about that. You know, we were we were given advice many, many years ago about, you know, taking time between the time that you leave work and the time that you get home or whatever and, and prepare for that. And, you know, whether it's to be a parent or to be a, a spouse. And uh, so for me, I, I've learned that a lot of our, our confrontations are over uh, things where I've dropped the ball. Colleen is great about putting all of our things on the calendar. I'm not so great about that, or I'm not so great <laughs> about. I'm not so great about even looking at a calendar. It's not. Right. <laughs> it's not part of my my thinking, you know. And so, um, you know, for me, I've got to be really intentional about even doing things like reading the calendar, and um, and remembering what is important to her. You know, Colleen doesn't want me to ask her um, how's your day. She wants me to know the specifics of what she's going to be doing because it's been on the calendar. And I, and uh, you know, I have to be like way on my game, out of my comfort zone. You know, and and I think that's how all husbands and and wives are. I think you're, you have to be super not not get caught, not get caught uh, not thinking about the other person or not being cognizant of what they're you know those those buttons are that you can push so easily you know and uh so that's been a struggle for me but it's uh, it's one that i'm you know over the course of time i'm getting you know slowly better at you know it's interesting i think in your guys's responses i'm just sensing a couple of themes and one of them is just that you're working on yourself a lot you know like you're preparing yourself you're not you're, you are not thinking through reacting to the other person, right? You're thinking through how do I put myself in the best position to succeed when I'm talking with them, when I'm, how can I love them better, right? And that's the the pursuit of, of Jesus in the morning, getting your day in the right place, of giving yourself space, of you thinking about the other person instead of just constantly reacting. Is that a fair? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think so. You know, I'm, um, I'm part of a men's group. I've been a part of that men's group for about seven or eight years now. And, uh, you know, um, when you're one of the older guys, you know, they look to you for advice and things like that. But really, when I go there, I am I am hearing people talk about their relationships and I'm and we're, we're challenging each other. And and, uh, and I get challenged by that. I, you know, I, I walk out of there going, I, I, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be, you know, just by hearing men pour their hearts out. It's like it's like you're you're thinking about, yeah, I, I, I have to struggle with that too. And I have that issue too. And it's like, oh, so what do you do about it? You know? And so I think, I think for guys in particular, I think you need to get together with other guys who, who are willing to uh, be transparent and uh, willing to challenge each other a little bit and willing to 
uh, pray together about, okay, this week, let's pray, let's pray about being better husbands and better fathers. And, um, and, and then you walk out of there, you know, I think everybody needs to be able to have that little kickstart for the week. And uh, mm -hmm. um, I, I think that's critical because I don't think guys do a good job of this. I'm, I'm going to speak for all guys and say, I've seen enough guys how they mess up. Uh, I can identify with that and go, yeah, this is a, this is a gender thing. You know, guys are not so, so hot at this stuff, at the communication, at the, you know, we think we feel like if we're working hard and making, you know, make, making money for our family, we'd come home and, and, you know, we don't have to be so emotionally in or, you know, so I think, I think having a group that uh, challenges you is, is super important for, for men. Have you had any similar experiences to that, Colleen? No, mm -hmm. no, I, I appreciate my quiet time and um, my time alone listening in mm -hmm. prayer. And um, yeah, groups are great and it's great to have that support system, but that's really where I, mm -hmm. I find my strength. Yeah. That's great. I'm curious. Um, and we, so this may be my last question here. Um, do you think that people have any misconceptions about communicating well? Either maybe it's in a marriage, maybe it's in just a, a general um, relationship or or friendship or something like that. Well, I do. You know, I look at how we communicate in short spurts and electronically, and you know that. The, not those intense conversations, whether they're to solve something or just to touch base with someone, and it leads to a wonderful, deep, meaningful discussion. But I think we hide behind electronics and um, we never tap into the depth of how to fully communicate anymore. I think that's becoming a lost art. And in marriage and parenting or whatever relationships you're in that are meaningful to you that's just such a critical piece um, to be clear and concise and have it be full of love and i don't know that that happens electronically or you know i just i question that mm -hmm. so yeah when i see um because of the nature of my business, I, you know, I work with at-risk kids, you know, and, 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 and I, and I see that um, we have a trend in our, in our country um, of um, marriages not, not making it. And so I think a lot of kids now in this day and age are going to have single parents. And, uh, and I think so much of what we gain is, is modeling from our own parents. If you have two healthy parents, you are a lucky you know, and, uh, and in a minority. And, um, and I think m many, many young people are going to come out of this, um, this era without communication skills and without the skills of, of how do you, how do you work through and how do you, how do you struggle and, and come out on the other side with, you know, um, and we had that, we had, we had those issues too of growing up, but we knew that our parents were committed to each other and loved each other and they were there. And so we, we grew up with that. We knew that, no, that's not an option to not make it through this. And if you were fortunate, you had good communicators that you could learn from. Um, I, I, 
I'm pleased to see my own sons, uh, who are both married, um, are good communicators with their with their children, with with their um, children and their spouses, and um, you know, so there's hope, but there's it's going to be a struggle for those who are uh, coming out of single parent families. So if somebody's listening right now, and that was their background, you know, either either single family parents. Um, uh, or, uh, they grew up in a home where their parents didn't have good or effective communication. How would they go about, you know, you can't, you can't remedy that that didn't happen for you, but is there steps that you'd advise them to take in the meantime? Like as they try to, as they try to grow and recognize that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, maybe counseling is or marriage seminars or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe those are great options. Um, you know, um, maybe a date night, maybe if they have kids, you know, having someone take the kids or I've seen couples that the kids are babysat in front of the TV or their electronics and they go upstairs and have adult time alone for an hour, you know, um, really protecting, you know, that marriage, um, and just really being open to communicate. I just want to throw in one thing that we were told. Um, my grandmother said to us the night before we got married, everyone has a reason to get divorced. Don't look for it. And I just remember mm-hmm. that's so profound that if you find something, you know, the, the tiniest thing that's irritating, you can use that as an excuse to end that relationship or to rationalize ending it. Where as instead of looking for it, you know, you work to embrace the relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was married for 60 years and, you know, <laughs> it was and it was great advice, you know, that we have handed down to our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess the one thing I, I would say, you know, that gives me hope for, uh, couples in the future is that, you know, there's churches like ours that, that uh, um, you know, a lot of times people from the outside, or if they leave a church like ours, they'll say, oh, that's not deep enough. And we look at them and we go, not deep enough. They're challenging you to, to start doing life in, uh, you know, in small groups. And they're challenging you to, you know, um, I mean, they're challenging you in so many ways that are so scriptural and so deep. Uh, you know, it would have been it would have been so great to grow up in a church like that, that, uh, you know, provided uh, education on how you can parent and how you can love each other more and and how you can uh, include God and Jesus and his son into your marriage. So, you know, churches like these non-denominational churches like we go to are so hopeful. I think they're very hopeful for couples who, you know, they can get together with other couples and, and meet once a week with them. And they're going to learn from each other how to, how to do this. Right. That's, that's pretty cool. That's great. I love that. Well, I, <laughs> I'm just like absorbing all that, all that wisdom and all that stuff. That's, that's really good. I, I think, I mean, if I had one giant takeaway is just that importance of that commitment and the knowledge that, you know, you're going to work through this, you're going to work through your conflicts is so powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you both for spending some time chatting about this really good stuff with me. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was my conversation with Peter and Colleen, and there's a lot of really helpful thoughts that they shared. 
I personally really love the idea of preparing and putting yourself in a real good place before you come home and spend time together. And then that thing, that can really help you handle conflict if it, and probably when it arrives. And also just kind of generally help you love the other person better. Now, thanks for this listening to this week's podcast and be sure to follow and subscribe so that you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations.